2: The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My
3: colleagues
0: and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening.
1: This is The Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSEN.
2: Okay, this is the Lombardi Line as we welcome you back. We'll transition coming up in just a little bit to the NFL as the whole network's going to transition to the NFL. Game six wraps up the NBA Finals. Of course, Steph Curry uh, unanimously NBA Finals MVP. That is, uh, what, four and eight years as far as championship for the Warriors. Just an incredible performance by them overall. Mike Pritchard in for Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher as we got you back here on the Lombardi line. It is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. So you, you said something during one of the breaks that I wrote down as you were talking because I loved it. And, uh, you know, one of the valuable parts of having Mike Pritchard on the network and he's invaluable, but the idea of looking at it from a player's perspective, and you saw something from Draymond after game one mm-hmm. where, you know, Warriors lose game one. They were what nine and zero going into that matchup against the Celtics in game one of the NBA finals. They lost the game. You think maybe they're a little shook, but you didn't see that at all.
4: No, not at all. I mean, I always talk about pedigree on betting across America with Josh Applebaum. And when, uh, when, when pedigree is present, uh, and then you see the calmness, the collective calmness within a team, uh, which suggests not, they're not going to panic. They're going right. to figure it out. Like Tampa uh, against the Rangers and on ice. I mean, go down 0-2, they don't look like they're going to be the same. But yet, there's a pedigree there that's not going to allow them to panic. Uh, and they'll figure it out. And yep. so I thought Golden State had a chance to figure it out. I was, I was curious if Boston could seize the moment, though, and, and make it more difficult for Golden State. But once it wasn't difficult, it was tied up, and then Steph does what he does uh, in that game to send it back to Golden State to Game 5, and then they take care of business in Game 5, it all came together for me in terms of going back to Game 1, yeah. that collective that calmness on uh, the fact that they've identified right after the game what the problems were and the confidence to fix it and to figure it out, uh, that was uh, existing for me.
2: And one thing, as I was talking during the break about Boston, and you could almost see the confidence kind of evaporating for Boston, mm-hmm. and you pointed out immediately, you are like, that's what I didn't see from the Bengals and the Super Bowls, so that's where we tie this here. You know, that's a young team, the Bengals. That right. Had it, the, There isn't pedigree. They hadn't had a winning culture, obviously. It's the Cincinnati Bengals. But you saw... Uh, something, Pritch, from, from a former player's perspective, perspective of me, that they weren't shook at all. No, not at all. I mean, Patrick, they had a chance to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, a little bit
4: more time. I mean, if Aaron Donald's not there, perhaps Burrow finds um, uh, Chase down the sideline for yep. a touchdown because he beat uh, his defender. Uh, you know, it's interesting because my own experiences as a player, Patrick, you know, we go undefeated my junior year at CU. Uh, we played Notre Dame in the National Championship in Orange Bowl, uh, and I'll freely admit, after halftime, that extended halftime, the second half, we panicked. We absolutely you panicked. You really did? Oh, yeah. I, I think collectively as a team, because we hadn't been there, done that. You know, it was a big stage, uh, 30 minutes away from winning the championship. So the next year, we get ourselves back into the national championship picture. So the extended halftime, it's 40, 45 minutes. So the previous year, we were all amped up. And this is why we panicked, because we're in the locker room, we get our instru- instructions, we get our adjustments, and we're ready to go. But yet we still had 30 minutes of halftime. Yeah. So we were just sitting around getting cold and, and and having the pressure build on ourselves. The next year, as soon as we got into the locker room, we took the shoulder pads off and watched the Sugar Bowl and just relaxed. No We kidding. just relaxed in the, in the locker room for about 20, 25 minutes, drinking Gatorade or whatever, just talking about the game. But we took the shoulder pads off and relaxed. And then... Once we got to what the normal routine would be in a in a, in a halftime, that's when we padded up and got our adjustments, and then we were ready to go for the second half. So it just settles you down too. And I think for Cincinnati, their experience in the Super Bowl last year, if they can get themselves back into that similar situation, uh, this is a young team that's not going to panic. I think Joe Burrow uh, is extraordinary as as young as he is, or or limited in experience as he is, to be calm, cool, and collected. Uh, It reminds me of Elway a little bit that way, uh, who always settled things down as a quarterback. Uh, And you always had that supreme confidence out there on the field.
2: You know, what, something you just said made me think as far as the philosophy of betting, and as a network here, VSIN, we're trying to help you become a more sophisticated better. What you'll find is there's generally two camps, and some people kind of dance in between, and I think that's probably the place to be, but those camps would be those camps that are married to the metrics, married to the numbers, and you don't take nuance. You don't take some of those factors, like you just mentioned, um, championship medal. If you were to say championship medal or experience around a professional handicapper, they'll look at you like you have three heads because they're like, dude, I'm, si- I'm simply capping numbers here. Right. Um, I don't care about the human element. But what you just described is something you could see the confidence building from the Warriors. So I understand that's abstract from a handicappy perspective, but it obviously had an impact on the game and, and on the series as those last three games played out. Right. I mean,
4: I think as betters, though, we're dealing with point spreads. And so you got to factor that in. Uh, at no way, you know, at the Orange Bowl, are we thinking about the point spread right. at halftime, right? We're just trying to win. So I, I think my perspective. But I can't
2: quantify how that halftime went down, but that sure. actually played into the outcome. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, I, I think um, from a
4: capping standpoint, professional better or casual better, even. Yeah, I mean, point spreads do kind of throw that, off, you know. Off kilter, if you will, in terms of can you rely on that type of situation with a particular team? Mm-hmm. Like, can you rely on the Cincinnati Bengals from a, a spread standpoint uh, that they're going to not panic? Right? I mean, how do you how do you quantify that? How do you apply that? But as a player myself, I mean, looking at end game situations uh, and, and knowing and anticipating what adjustments could be made out there, and the fact that they could execute that uh, gives me an edge, I believe.
2: You know, it's interesting. We we shove these trends and stats down your throat, but the bottom line is we kept on saying the Celtics haven't lost back-to-back games since going back to January. I think it was three games. They hadn't lost back-to-back games in the postseason. They just lost three straight. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason they lost three straight is because their confidence – Like, this trajectory continued to go down, and the other way on that bell curve was the Warriors coming up. So, again, you can't tangibly handicap it, but it played into it. That's all I'm saying. So, Mm -hmm. there's always more than just what you can enter into your formula when it comes to handicapping.
4: Right. They hadn't lost three in a row since December 2021. That's incredible. It was incredible. They got on a roll. I'm talking about Boston here with the Celtics and. Uh, but the mistakes, the the turnovers, they weren't going to fix that during the finals. That That's an
2: offseason. 22 turnovers, for Sure.
4: They're not going to fix that until they get to the offseason and get back into camp and practices. I mean, hopefully they'll improve that way. But uh, they're not going to fix those concerns or those problems, the lulls and scoring as well. They're, they weren't going to correct that during the finals run.
2: I hate to simplify it, but in the two wins, the Celtics averaged 12 turnovers. They had 22 last night. Mm. 22. And that's carelessness. I mean, you know, uh, uh, just unforced carelessness. I, Will brought it up, and he was right. You know, how busy, and this goes back to your point about Kerr, how busy the Warriors are with their hands on mm-hmm. defense is just awesome to watch. They're so technically sound. But a lot of those turnovers by the Celtics were careless and unforced. And you got to clean that up. The, uh, part of it, and now we're getting into just away from the betting, so we'll get back to that. But part of it is you can't convince me Marcus Smart is your main ball handler that's just not going to work moving forward. They're going to have to do something. Now maybe they get creative with it and think outside the box because they have those two wings in Brown and Tatum that obviously aren't primary ball handlers. Right. And Smart has done a hell of a job 6, 7 years into his career to turn into a ball handler, but I don't know if that's the one I want late game creating because frankly, I thought he turtled a little bit as well. Smart.
4: Well, they did. I mean, every ball handler, whether, whether it was Tatum, uh, Jalen, a little bit too, at times uh, D white, who, who came in the game, who was, you know, a facilitating offense at times too. Yep. They all turned it over. Uh, yeah, that's, they that's did. again, that's something that's not going to be corrected until they get into camp and,
2: uh, and have a significant off season to address all that. Can I get one more clip in Elliot Bowman? Um, I want to hear from Draymond because it's interesting. Draymond got crushed and the FU Draymond. I again can't measure it, but I do think going back to Boston, it's almost like as fans, we want to see a series end on that home court. We wanted to see a game seven from a betting perspective because we wanted to have some juice on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Think about what Sunday would have been, by the way, Sunday would have been the final round of the U S open. And then a game seven that night in San Francisco with the Warriors, we didn't get it. And I think a lot of it was what you saw from Kerr after game five, like. Like we're going to Boston to finish this series. The Fu Draymond stuff I think bit the Boston fans in the ass because those three Clay, Steph, and Draymond wanted to go back and win it, and here's Draymond talking about it.
4: To have the season that he's had, to have the career that he's had, it's absolutely amazing, and to stamp that with a Finals MVP, um, I know he said it don't matter, you know, and and it doesn't matter in the sense of like. Oh, well, he's not. His legacy is not quite this unless he gets that. Like, that's garbage. Um, Still Steph Curry, still an all-time great. But to add that to your resume as a competitor, you want that, you know. And, you know, for him, well-deserved. It's been a long time in the making. But he left no doubt. Left no doubt. And he carried us.
2: That's Draymond talking yeah. about his boy stuff. Draymond last night, by the way, 12 points, four offensive boards, 12 boards in total, eight assists, two steals, two blocks, two of five from three. He was all over the place. Yeah, now how does that come out of nowhere too? by the way? I mean – He doesn't I, I, have the same juice in his legs. Right. You can tell. Well,
4: it, no, well in terms of the, how the series went, right? as a better, could you anticipate Draymond having no, a game like benched. that? He was benched. He right, was benched. Right, but that is – what you refer to back as the pedigree, or at least I do, uh, you know, a lot of times, Kerr, I don't know if he was sending a message or was he just doing what he needed to do to win a game, which that's what he said by benching Draymond, but then what did that do to Draymond, though? Did it wake him up to where he contributed the way he did in game six, which nobody anticipated
2: if you were on the Celtics. I have a question for you coming back. When a big player and an MVP like Lamar Jack- Lamar Jackson sits, what's the conversation in the locker room? Is it about, about, hey, get your paper, or does it cause some dissension? We're going to have a conversation about Lamar Jackson. We'll set up the numbers for the Ravens as well. Of course, a team that missed the postseason for, like, the first time in three years Mm -hmm. last year with dealing with a myriad of injuries. Lamar and the Ravens, I think they're talking. We'll get into that next here. Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. This is vSin, the Sports Betting Network. A push-off, Kev.
0: You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpresscom Amex.
2: Okay, so betting splits become a smarter, more sophisticated better. Let us help you. Veston.com. Money and bets for every game, updated every 10 minutes today's game, but also future events as well. Betting splits. I Shout to Burke and uh, Bill AD and everybody that runs the website. The website has never been better. What I encourage you to do is go to vcin.com, bookmark it, and also, when you're there, sign up for the daily newsletter, which they do a great job. It's free. You just enter your email address. It's kind of one of those things. I don't know about you, Pritch. I'm a routine-oriented guy, so when mm-hmm. I wake up, I get my daily newsletter, I run through the big betting headlines of the day. I have my coffee, ignore the dog, and it's a good way to start the day, no? It's a great way. Do you work out Absolutely. in the morning? Like, you're, you're so regimented. Oh, I feel man. like, do you, do you get up and grind immediately no. when you wake up? Mike no. Pritchard in for Michael Lombardi. Never been way. a
4: morning guy that way. Um, probably midday, uh, but I get after it afternoons, though. Like, I was doing some MMA training. Of course you I Until I twisted my ankle. I realized that I'm no longer 25, right? So I had to dial it down, Patrick. But no, I'll throw some iron around. And- Are you
2: regimented with the diet as well?
4: No, <laughs> no. I need to work What's on that. Your I'm working on that. Um, Sweets? No, no. I'm not a big sweet guy. Um, probably, probably portions. Just too much. Uh, sure, sure. Because I still have that type of appetite, as a player, I could work it off. Yeah. I mean, I was 4% body fat. I, I could eat anything I wanted. That's
2: a wild right? flex. Yeah, 4%? Yeah. <laughs> That's like .0001 of the population. Yeah. What are you right now?
4: Oh, good lord. Oh, I'm stop. not even going to say. I mean, uh, so if I had the same appetite and the same eating habits, then obviously is is portion control.
2: Well, I bring it up also because then we're going to get to Lamar Jackson here and whether or not there's consternation like in a locker room when somebody holds out. Mm-hmm. But that I, the idea of Clay sitting for two years in rehabbing—I joked earlier. It's interesting that he didn't replace the competition with something. When you retired after nine seasons, it, it, people don't realize professional athletes like it, it, you have your whole life ahead of you. Right. By the time the major part of your life is done, mm-hmm. so this is an awkward transition. Do you remember what you did immediately to kind of fill that void, the lack of competition? Um. Like be, like I, I know do. a lot of sports I know a lot of no, athletes that go into sports betting what would
4: you do Um you know it's interesting uh Patrick because when I retired I was in Vegas right and so uh you think about the freedom that you have when you careful. retire Yeah, I was I know I got to be careful here cuz uh, at 30 31 years old uh in Vegas uh pockets full <laughs>
2: four, four, percent, 4 percent body <laughs> that fat that disappeared quickly <laughs> No no that it didn't. disappeared
4: quickly cuz my lifestyle changed too yeah. so I'm in Vegas retired uh, recently singled because I got a divorce, too. Good for you. I know, right? <laughs> so um, I guess I was Mr. Vegas for a good four or five years. Really? Oh, yeah. You were getting loose on the oh, strip? What's what's worse than loose? Or what's, what's a s- better word than loose? You were being a silly goose. Um,
2: <laughs> Just, I'm rhyming yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. No, no I was out there. So you, I was out there. you went hard for a oh, few I, years. I, you have
4: to. I mean, the way that uh, for 10 years or a decade of – of the regimen, training, regiment, training yes. and everything that routine, it was like I was I was free at that point. So I traveled the world, uh, traveled up and down the strip, uh, <laughs> east and west of the strip. <laughs> well, I mean, I it was incredible. So. By the way,
2: east and west <laughs> is uh, some establishments. Sure, sure. Let's just yeah.
4: Let's just say I knew that. a lot of people. Still do,
2: but. but you. But you. But you're 31. Mm-hmm. You. You mentioned it. It's that. It's. It's public record. You. You made a, t- a bunch of money, right. and you're 31. You're spit out on the other side mm-hmm. of just grinding your whole entire life, and now what's up? I mean, but, it's a weird place to be. And luckily for me, I, I met
4: um, some great people. Mitch Moss is one of them. Uh, Paulie, and then certainly uh, Al Bernstein, uh, famous Al Bernstein. He was doing a, a sports show out here, R. And, R. and I was on his show, and. Um, Got into broadcasting. Actually, I started broadcasting football games and worked with Andrew, Andrew Siciliano and some spectacular uh, play-by-play uh, people, and, and just got involved with the, the broadcasting side of things. And went to the NFL and got some training right there through the broadcasting boot camp. And uh, so that was an outlet. Uh, and now being a Easton, it's that competitive edge. Can that I embarrass I hit, that you? Edge that I can hit. Was can that, I
2: embarrass you? Sure. So you and I worked together on the weekend, and this is this the only person this has happened with in my career, and this will highlight how competitive Mike Pritchard is and why he got to where he was as the 13th overall pick in the draft and what he's done in his career. We get done with the show. He looks at me and says, you know, I, I wanted to pick your brain on transitioning during segments. And I was like – what I, I look up to this guy, and but you could just tell how met- meticulous you were. Mm-hmm. Where you're just like, I want to continue to improve at my craft, right? I drove home like so blown away, but then I, I linked it to wh- what got you to where you were in the NFL, and sure. like th- that competitiveness, and also that curiosity to get better mm-hmm. and that drive to get better is something that still is in you.
4: Well, it is, and certainly getting better uh, as a sports better, too. I mean, uh, I am a sponge, man, and uh, also I'm coachable. Uh, and so I always, I think anybody and everybody, uh, if you remain coachable, you always learn. Uh, if you feel like you're not, no longer coachable, then you think you know it all, you might as well just ride off into the sunset, right? So whatever you're doing, uh, and for me, as an athlete who couldn't bet uh, and stayed out of the sports books, I need to flatten that learning curve. Right. So I'm a sponge and I'm, I'm willing. Put the ego to the side. Oh,
2: absolutely. I don't have an ego. When you're coachable, you don't have an ego because you know that somebody can help you. My guess is we won't see Mike Pritchard on Twitter flexing and flossing when he hits a bet. Is that fair? You're not going to stunt on Twitter when you win a bet? No, not at all. That's That's not not your vibe. That's not my style. No, no. Pritchard's so funny. I'm all about lower left to upper right with my uh, bankroll. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Well, thank you for indulging me there. I, I, again, I was blown away by uh, this dude that's accomplished as much as you can accomplish coming up. Be like, can we talk transitions in broadcast? <laughs> I was like, absolutely, let's nerd out. Okay, after silence for months... Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. it appears that he's looking to engage in conversations. Of course, there's many camps going on right now, but you've got training camp coming up. So, opening the contract talks. The it, here's a quote. We're having conversations about it. I don't know. So, obviously his mother, Lamar Jackson who is a great kid, MVP, his mom is his agent. So, obviously she said, "Don't say much." Um, I want to ask you this, mm-hmm. from a player's perspective, because then we'll get into the numbers as far as betting-wise with the Ravens. Do other players start to get down on somebody like Lamar if he were to hold out? Or is it a business, and you know this?
4: Well, you always keep in mind that it's a business. Um, as a player, you don't want to get into somebody else's business. You know, keep your hands out my pocket kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, For Lamar, uh, if I was on that team, I wouldn't be worried about it. Uh, certainly, I'd be educated on the process. Uh, so, in his, for instance, Lamar, he's in no rush to get a deal done. Uh, neither are the Ravens because they have this process called franchise tags and mm-hmm. everything like that. So, for Lamar Jackson, I mean, I think he's just trying to do what's best for him in this situation from a business standpoint, and we know that as players. So, if you're asking me if it's a distraction, it probably yeah. won't be a distraction in the locker room. Um, I, I remember high-profile people trying to get contracts, holding out of whatever could it be a distraction? Perhaps. I mean, I, I think one that comes to mind is when I was in Seattle uh, with Mike Holmgren, his first year there, Joey Galloway was holding out and there was a distraction with the media. I mean, how Joey Galloway? We need him. We need him. We went six and two without him. Really? Yeah. And so that but was, what, he
2: welcome back with open
4: arms without bitterness. Well, there was no bitterness. I mean, we understood that he was holding out for a reason, but what Mike Holmgren did is he took away the distraction Uh, as players I mean we bought into the fact that we had a legitimate chance of winning the division and getting to the playoffs and that's exactly what happened that year
2: so, you understand it's a business, mm-hmm. but you want your guy out there. You're battling through the heat and, you know training camp. There does seem to be some urgency with camp looming to get a deal done here. And you just brought up the key term, and that is something that all I would assume players hate, and that is the franchise tag. Could that be the death knell if they were to get into a position where they were franchising Lamar Jackson an MVP? Well, it's interesting,
4: Patrick, because... I'm looking at the highest paid quarterbacks, the salaries, the average salaries, and adding it all up to the top five players, you're talking about an average of 45 million now. So if Lamar Jackson is franchise tagged, he's going to be $45 million franchise tagged. Yeah. I mean, I I get it. He wants the longevity. He wants the security of a, you know, a a lengthy contract, maybe 250, 500, who knows what the contract's going to be. But in terms of the process, I mean, he's protected from the franchise tag situation, and I think he knows that. Like, if they franchise tag me, which they could do, even if we have negotiations, yeah. right? We're, we and don't have pull an, it back, they right? And they pull somebody, it back. Yeah. We don't have an agreement, so he's probably going to guarantee himself forty-five million from a franchise tag standpoint. But if he ups his dollars, which maybe that's what he's banking on this year, who knows? Uh, then all of a sudden, you're talking about resetting the market.
2: Well, think about the, the the franchise tag market was reset by Kirk Cousins as well. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins bet on himself and it be paid. Right. It Remember did. when he got franchised twice, it never happened before for a quarterback. Absolutely. So Deshaun Watson's contract,
4: Aaron Rodgers' contract. I mean, he, Lamar Jackson is in a great situation. So are the Ravens. Though. I mean, if if I were the Ravens, I would try to get something done because the, the dollars are just going to keep rising and rising. Uh, but they're playing coy. They don't seem like they're in a rush knowing that they have the franchise tag. But so does Lamar Jackson. And that franchise tag is 45 million, estimated to be that, that
2: next year. That is a meat grinder, that division. Mm-hmm. They need them there. They do. They do. They'll have them. And they're getting healthy. Remember, they were J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Stanley. They were banged up on offense last year as well. It's going to be a transitional year. However, you still see that total set at nine and a half. I saw a total at 10 on the Ravens. Josh, what's his reaction? I can't wait. That's next. It's VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Mike Pritchard sitting in for, of course, Michael Lombardi. Well-deserved vacation for the big guy. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VSEN studios here at the South Point. Well, we've been teasing this segment for about an hour and a half now. Looking forward to talking to our buddy, Josh Applebaum, co-host with, of course, Pritch on Betting Across America. You can also find Market Insights, which is the pod, VSEN.com slash podcast. Uh, Hi, Josh. Uh, As we say hi to you. Um, last night was rough, One oh three ninety, a winner for the Warriors. They close out the NBA Finals, and we just wanted to get your take. How are you feeling? Well, I appreciate my two favorite guys at VEASAN are checking up on me. I
3: appreciate the wellness check. And it's a somber day in Boston. I'm not going to lie to you guys. You know, this is a team that, you know, think about the expectations for the Celtics this year. You know, they had, you know, you draft these guys young. You go to all these, you know, uh, conference finals and deep playoff runs. Then you're you're a mediocre team for two plus years. You maybe got to blow it up. That's what people are saying. Kendrick Perkins was kind of saying this team, you know, had to go in a different direction. Brown and Tatum didn't mesh. Then they go nuts and they play fantastic best team in basketball since January. I think if you win last night and you lose game seven at Golden State, you tip your cap and say, hey, you know, Pritch always talks about this championship pedigree. The Warriors have been there, done that, their experience. But being up two to one and just being so excited about this team and then losing three straight, it's a bitter way to end the season here, guys. So, again, I think, you know, the future is bright for Boston. But losing three straight after being up two to one, I think is gonna really, you know, sit with this team for quite a while, all you know, the entire offseason here. Uh, what's notable to me though, even though the Celtics lose, some betting systems that we talked about all playoff long, you know, did pretty well. I know the Celtics didn't, you know, cover, they lost straight up as a favorite yesterday, but chalk favorites in the NBA playoffs. These are th- systems to you know think about and file away for next year. Favorites 53 and 40 ATS, 57% in the postseason, straight up, 63 and 30, 68%. They have a line move in their favor, 61% ATS. So favorites, chalk, again, this is good news for the public, not good news for the books this postseason. Unders, you know, another under came through last night. Even though you did see late movement to the over, it got back up to and a half. but unders were 62%, 17 units won. Unders that fall, 69%. When the total's 210 or more, the under was 67%, plus 21 units. So as a Celts fan, a really brutal way to end the year, guys, but favorites did well. Wonders did very well, and then Golden State. They opened plus twelve hundred to win the NBA Finals. Obviously, they opened the Finals minus one hundred and sixty. They closed minus four hundred, and then Curry opened plus fourteen hundred for Finals MVP. Closed minus three hundred and fifty. And you guys know this. I always look at low bets, higher dollars. Uh, maybe my my uh, you know my green glasses clouded my vision a little bit, but Golden State biggest uh, bets and handle sixteen percent bets, thirty percent handle for futures and Curry. Most bets and handle for MVP, seventeen percent bets, thirty four percent uh handle there. So again, Celtics are done, guys. I got my Red Sox and Patriots to look forward to, but I would say the way the season ended, very disappointing. This team got us excited and really completely, you know, went to bed uh, toward the end. And again, a rough way to lose it. Josh, the end.
2: A Josh honestly, I'm sad now and I'm depressed after listening to that because we're you're never down and if we can peel back the curtain a little bit I asked for everybody to give me their Josh Applebaum impre- impersonation before you came on and your partner Pritch wouldn't play the game, he was not about to clown you but Will Hill came on and did a bang up job impersonating you what we thought you were going to say and I like that you're being honest about being down we thought you were going to be like, hey guys uh, you know it's a new day, one foot in front of the other you got 16 games of Major League Baseball today. But Josh, you are downtrodden, my friend. I'm a little
3: bit downtrodden, Patrick. And again, you know, I appreciate you guys and Will Hill. And now I'm gonna have to roll back the tape. And Michael Lombardi always gives me, you know, hard time. You you're not watching the show. No, I was doing the Market Insights pod before this, but I gotta roll this back, see what Will Hill did. <laughs> but uh, it's tough, guys. I would just say The expectations of this team that get you so excited. I can lose a close game, but when you turn Patrick, by the way, you're over Tatum turnovers, over Brown, both cash. Sorry. So it's just the way they lose and not even putting up a fight and being the younger team and being totally gassed, it's a tough way to lose the year. And again, I can take a regular season loss, no big deal. But in the finals, when you get me pumped and you completely blow it in the end. I am a little downtrodden, a weird
2: moment <laughs> for me. I love you, Josh. We got it. You're we the best. I, I freaking love See, you. See, Josh,
3: I thought <laughs> we were gonna get
4: poor one out for the Celtics. I thought we were gonna get something like that, but um, no.
2: Yeah, it's a tough one, Prince. Yeah. yeah. Have you been listening to like emo music today? Like Dashboard Confessional and just getting up in your feels.
3: Yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm rewatching the '07, you know, uh, you know uh, Super Bowl there, you know all the all my terrible beats throughout the year. Aaron Boone hitting the walk off against Wakefield.
2: It's a tough day today, guys. Well, <laughs> hang in there. We do have what a full slate on the diamond today, and you do have to look. All kidding aside, as a sports bettor, that, that is the temperament is such an important aspect and variable when it comes to sports betting because you have to let the losses not affect your right. future plays. So that's important, Josh.
3: Oh, it's definitely important. And again, the other thing is like flat betting. I mentioned this on the podcast, but I was so excited to sweat the Celtics. You know, I thought there were reasons to bet them last night. You had, you know, a little bit of line movement, three and a half up to four, low bets, higher dollars, chalk did so great. So if it was a situation where, you know, again, I think a cardinal sin is just bet your team because they're your team, then that's when you get it in trouble. So at least there were cases or reasons to bet the Celtics in general. But the other thing is flat betting. Like I was so excited to sweat the Celts. But it was one unit, like any other bet, like the baseball bets, yep. you know, NHL. So I think it's important that hey, just because it's a big game, maybe it's your team, maybe you feel like you have a great edge. Don't put you know five units on the Celtics and all the other MLB plays are you know a half unit. Every play is one unit, so it's not like it's a big loser in terms of you lost a bit, a ton of your bankroll. It's just a loser because uh, you know they got me excited, and then they let me down like that at the end, guys. That's the biggest thing. You
4: know, Josh, I've been on that roller coaster with you since the beginning of the year when they hired Idoka and how excited you were. Um, and then when we get to the Game 6 situation, uh, and we did the show yesterday, uh, it felt like Golden State was contrarian. Um, because yeah. everybody was w- waiting for Boston to bounce back, and, okay, yeah. they're not going to lose three games in a row, and certainly this is a great chance for them to send this to game seven. Uh, so, like, for me, I-, I felt like I identified a contrarian play that way. That's why I was on the money line with Golden State. Uh, for you, because I know you do uh, lean on some contrarian plays as well, but you saw some other data that outweighed that, I, I suppose, uh, when you went with Boston there.
3: Yeah, and Pritch, great job by you, Go, you know, going money line there. You know, that's that was a, a great play. But, yeah, I think, you know, when you're betting any kind of game, whether it's a finals game, whether it's a, you know, preseason football, or you know, it doesn't really matter what you're betting – I just think you have to build a case for yourself in your head to feel like you're making you know a value play or finding an edge that's the biggest thing in betting if you feel like you have an edge you get down if you feel like you don't have an edge you should lay off here so to me the disappointing thing is just chalk did so well this playoffs again mm-hmm. these these favorites were covering pretty much two out of three games yet when it comes to the Celtics in the chalk spot they obviously you know uh, you know don't even come close and end up getting rolled there in the end so that was disappointing, and again, we'll see how this thing goes next year. What's notable to me, guys, is you know, as soon as the season ends, you always look at the futures for the next year. Kind of interesting numbers here. You have a, th- a four-way tie for the best odds to win it all next year. Yeah, we got the, the Nets, board here,
2: Josh. You can take a look. Yeah,
3: and it you got to respect these teams. You know, the Nets, if they're healthy, to me, the Clippers are intriguing. I didn't expect them to, you know, see them this high, but that obviously tells you, you know, Kawhi, they expect him to be healthy here. Got to respect the Warriors. Uh, Celtics going to be in that conversation once again. The Bucks are kind of intriguing because Giannis had an early playoff exit with a little bit more rest. So, you know, again, and the other team in Prince, you know this, you've been a Nuggets fan for a while. The Nuggets at 14 to 1. What if they get Porter Jr. back and you finally get, you know, Murray back as well? So these are interesting futures to think about. Kind of just tells you, you know, again, this season's over. What are what's the initial knee-jerk, you know, odds that we're gonna put up there? I'm not gonna bet any of these. But, again, Celtics in the conversation again next year. What a missed opportunity. This is like the, this is like the Bruins yeah, against the see, Blues a couple years it's ago, It's lingering. I can tell. It's lingering. It's going to be a tough day for me, guys. I'm I, telling you. I
2: totally understand. Two minutes. Why don't we turn this thing around, put some good – got some good news. That means two winners, <laughs> one baseball, one WNBA, Josh.
3: Yeah, so I'll throw this one at you, Patrick. Tampa Bay Rays, they're coming off a, a three-game sweep against the New York Yankees. They're on, the, uh, they're on the road at Baltimore here. Shane Baz is on the bump. He's got a 19 ERA, but it's kind of deceiving. He only made one start, two innings, five runs. But this guy's a good pitcher. Last year, I think he had like a 2.03 ERA. Tampa open minus 135 on the road. They're all the way up to minus 150. One of the best systems this year, road favorites, 220 and 125, 64%. So I'm going to ride Tampa in this spot, expect him to bounce back a little bit. Uh, and also another one I'll throw out, you guys. San Diego Padres. The Padres are on the road today. Uh, they are playing Colorado. Mackenzie Gore, who's the favorite to win the NL Rookie of the Year. Guys, a really good left-handed uh, starter. Four and two, two point five o ERA. They're eleven and three. The Padres. Their last fourteen. Colorado just four and ten. Their last fourteen. San Diego open around minus one thirty-five. Up to around minus one forty-five. I'll sweat San Diego there. And, of course, you guys, maybe this will get me a little more uh, a little more jazzed up today. i got to go WNBA. <laughs> yes, a little that, more will jazz, to that will
2: jazz you up. There's no <laughs> doubt about it.
3: Oh, yeah. And, th- and this one, Patrick and Pritch, it's important. Mercury, uh, or sorry, the dream in the sky, yeah. it's on Facebook. So the only way you can watch this, get awesome. your Facebook account open, guys. But a steam move system to the over, the total open 155.5. It's up to 157.5. Steam in the WNBA, again, throwaway percentages. There's no contrarian value, really, not enough public to bet against. You see at least a point move to the over. The over is 20 and 12, 62%. These teams are top uh, top five in pace.
2: I'll take the over uh, 157.5 for the dream in the sky. Okay, buddy. (laughs) You feel better, man. You're going to be on with Pritch a little bit later (laughs) today. I want to say just how consistent Josh is. Josh Josh sends a group text before every show, and it always has the, hey, guys, exclamation point. Mm -hmm. You know, he's just a positive person. Nobody's more positive. The day after his team absolutely asked the bed, he still sent us the tweet, hey, guys, in a great mood. Josh, and plus, you still got that tan from San Diego. Things are looking up for you, bro. You know what? I needed help from my buddies today. You guys are making me feel better. I appreciate it, guys. Well, I love you. I mean, right. were, the Celtics did turn it over 22 times. I mean, I'm just saying. Oh. Thanks, Josh. We'll talk to you Brutal. soon. <laughs> Later, bro. Thanks, guys. All right. Prince has got news on Deshaun Watson.
1: That's next.
2: It is the Lombardi Line, Bet MGM, the king of sports books. Again, you get the loyalty points, it's the reward points, reward program, redeemable for online bonuses converted into comps at MGM Resorts Nationwide. I love this because it's just like with your credit card. Every time you place a bet, you get points. It adds up. Trust me, that adds up, the compound. So make sure you check it out. Got to be 21 years or older. It's Bet MGM, the king of sports books. 1 800 522 4700 if you have a gambling problem. Okay, we got you back here on the Lombardi line. Hope you're having a nice Friday. Better than Josh App- Applebaum, who I just texted. He's he's fine. He said, I appreciate you guys. Mike Pritchard in for Michael Lombardi, who's on vacation. And Pritch, I'm just going to kick it to you because you filled me in on Deshaun Watson and what was said yesterday as far as these reports about a pending suspension.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Unprecedented. Um, they're preparing for an unprecedented suspension, at least the NFLPA is, and there's those reports out there. I think Florio had it, and everybody's kind of running with that. Uh, because you think about the the length of this investigation and uh, the cases, the civil yeah. cases still mounting against Deshaun Watson, which brings in the conduct conduct detrimental clause of your contract. So anything that brings harm or or despair to the league, they're, they're going to come down harshly on that, conduct detrimental to the yeah. league. And so – uh, you wonder how the league's going to handle that. Um, now, when you hear or you see unprecedented, you think about, okay, what's the precedent right now? And so you think about Tom Brady, who's a quarterback who got suspended for a deflate gate. Uh, that's not a precedent here because we're talking about a civil case situation. So Big Ben Roethlisberger was in some situations himself. Uh, I don't think it got to a criminal. I, can't I don't remember. believe it did Okay, either. yeah. No. But he got six games originally. Knocked down to four? Knocked down to four. Uh, but you can always look up the criminal activity of players in, uh, you know, court proceedings or whatever charges or whatever. And okay, look at suspensions that way. And there's there's precedent that way. But for Deshaun, there's no criminal pursuit of the charges here, the allegations, because the grand juries found out they didn't have enough evidence to pursue that. Now that's their choice. But from a conduct detrimental to the league standpoint, I mean, I, I think the league has has cause to suspend Deshaun Watson beyond any games or beyond what anybody expect that suspension to be. So when you see unprecedented, when you see people like Florio on it, uh, then obviously those reports, uh, there's some some smoke there with that.
2: Well, Elliot, and this is the story you're referencing, so I'll just read the headline here. The NFL Players Association is bracing itself for, quote-unquote, unprecedented discipline of Deshaun Watson and is prepared, that being the Players Association, is prepared to vigorously fight it, A source told uh, Mike Florio over at Pro Football Talk. And Elliot, during the conversation during the break, brought up a great question. What is unprecedented? And Mm -hmm. you just laid it out. We've had Plaxico. I didn't realize he got two years, but that was criminal when he shot himself wearing sweatpants at the club. What are you doing? Um, Ray Carruth literally hired yes. a hitman to murder his girlfriend and unborn son, who I didn't realize lived, which was, that's a wonderful part of that story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Ben, remember, these were sexual allegations. And if we're being completely honest, it was a different time in society. If For the better, we're in a better spot here where we take these allegations so much more seriously. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's where we are. What it brought me to, Pritch, is I don't know if you saw the Jadavion Clowney quote where he said he came back to the Browns because of Deshaun Watson, and I was like, "Um, somebody want to tell him that Deshaun may not play this year?" And I, this is just conjecture on my part. I keep, I, I want to get your take. I don't think there's a chance—not a chance—we see we see Deshaun Watson on the field this year, right? I, I don't think there's a chance. Well,
4: it's, it's very interesting from this standpoint, Patrick. Um, the guaranteed contracts that's out there for Deshaun Watson—I think everybody's look, looking at that. But nobody's looking at or paying attention to the fact that his salary this year is only $1 million. It's so deferred, right. They structured it yeah. anticipating some type of suspension. They've already done that. Talking about Cleveland, maybe Deshaun, they've already done that. I don't know if they got wind of information from the league. Yeah, we're going to suspend you. We just don't know how long yet. But for whatever reason, you protect yourself. You're out in front of it that way. Yeah. And so on top of that, you know, you got these players that think that they're coming for Deshaun, and Deshaun has this over his head, and he could be out the game for two years, you know, as a player, which is significant. So I think people are out in front of it, and then this report that the NFLPA is preparing themselves that way. So I mean, I think that that's enough smoke for me to to believe in these reports, and to believe that it's going to be
2: significant, whatever the suspension is going to be for Deshaun Watson. And that makes us jump to the betting market, and you take a look at the betting market, I want to bring up, you just brought up a great point, this would be year number two that he sat, what does that mean to an athlete as far Mm -hmm. as coming back for that third year? But the AFC North, the Browns, it's interesting, most books still have the Browns As your betting favorite, I got plus one eighty at a shop in town here. With the Bengals two to one, the Ravens plus two twenty, so two a little under two and a quarter, and the Steelers eight to one. But you see it, you can go ahead and throw up the Browns board. I mean, season win total set at nine. This was a team that was what eight and no, they were yeah eight and nine last year. Right, missed out on the postseason after that run the previous year where they lost in Kansas City. You see the numbers; they were three and three in division last year. Um. How do you approach it? I mean, look, not to simplify it, Pritch, but Deshaun equals playoffs. No Deshaun for the Browns, no way. That's where I put it. It's not Jacoby Brissett and Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry. Deshaun Watson's a much better player.
4: He is. uh, He's he's an elite player, to be honest with you, Patrick. Um, It's hard to bet Cleveland right now because I, I was just thinking about when Tom Brady was suspended for four games, they went to the Super Bowl, and I believe they won the Super Bowl. After he came back, from back from the
2: suspension, After, was that four the games, year? yeah,
4: and then Ben Big Ben, when he was suspended, they went to a Super Bowl, uh, didn't win that Super Bowl.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: I think that was against uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yep. But but when you think about quarterbacks like that, you know, those are quarterbacks with their existing teams, So Right. Tom Brady had been with the Patriots a, a number of years. Same thing with Big Ben. This is a new team with Deshaun, and uh, for whatever time he's suspended, that's going to. That's going to be impactful. Uh, I I don't know what type of start they're going to get off to. Uh, there, there's already questions within the locker room, void of leadership. I think that's why they're willing to move on from Baker. Uh, so, I I think this is a team that that's flailing right now. They're they're they they are devoid of leadership. Uh, it's all-time so,
2: sensitive too, Pritch, because it really Baker is. Baker has to go. He, he if he's going to go to the Panthers, which My assumption is eventually Haslam's going to agree to pay some cash. If he's going to go to the Panthers, they got to get him in there for minicamp. They do. Well, training camp at this point,
4: that ship is sailed. Yeah, but think about that. I mean, if you're Carolina, you're going to invite Baker in addition to Sam Darnold, uh, and those guys are similar draft uh, situations right there, Baker being number one overall. And so now you have two quarterbacks on your roster drafted within the top ten of Mm -hmm. a draft. And I – I don't know how you function that way as an organization if the Panthers do that.
2: Didn't they draft Corral as well? So they've got – it's it's an interesting situation. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting with the Browns too because I think you and I are on the similar, uh, similar plane where I actually think a motivated Baker to shove it down the throats of the Cleveland organization, mm-hmm. I think that's good for the Browns if he we were to play this year. Yeah, I mean – it sounds strange. It he really loves does. a chip. We it, talked about the chip earlier. He loves to, he loves to be downtrodden right. and fighting against something, that being Baker Mayfield. He feels disrespected by the organization. Sure, but if you're Cleveland and you're preparing for an unprecedented
4: situation with your quarterback that you guaranteed a contract, uh, are you going to be okay with Jacoby Brissett? Uh, are you going to bring him back uh, Case Keenum or something like that? I mean, what are you going to do if you do trade Baker?
2: You know, it was Elliot that brought it up, and it was a great question. He just said to us, what does unprecedented mean? (laughs) Well, I'll tell you. Never done or known before. This suspension to Deshaun, never done or known before. I think it's a year at least, but what Elliot brought up, and I think it's a good point, does this this, this suspension, which is quote-unquote unprecedented, linger into next year? And it's the NFLPA saying they're expecting embracing for unprecedented, meaning they've got some information coming. Right. They already have information.
4: Well, and then also, will the NFLPA be successful in defending Deshaun
2: if it is unprecedented? Your boy D Maurice Smith. Is right. it awkward in the locker room with Deshaun? I, you know, locker rooms are a very weird place with what the allegations are. Do you think it's a little au- awkward amongst his teammates? You know what, Patrick? You're smiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's awkward because um,
4: with with the facts that's existing right now, with, with Deshaun Watson and his behavior. Yeah, that's awkward. Yeah, it is.
2: Right. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, quickly before we get out of here, Josh is laying it with Shane Baz and Tampa Bay. I am doing the same thing, but that's a first five bet for me. I think Mm -hmm. it's about minus 155. He's just coming back from injury, so I think he may be treated by the Rays with kid gloves a little bit. Uh, But this kid is a 23-year-old stud with four pitches, and he's tremendous. Shane Baz, first five for me. I don't know if you got anything going out here, Pritch.
4: Not yet. I'm going to talk to Josh. Uh, We were talking about this off air. Yeah, so Betting Across America, Josh has been such a help for me uh, understanding where the market is and kind of combining that where where I'm leaning towards with my plays has has really helped me be a a decent
2: better. So I'm looking forward to the show coming up uh, in about an hour or two. You're the best enjoy your well-deserved break you've got coming up thank you very much And i yes. want details when you get back okay
4: <laughs> they'll be they'll be limited though you know limited details saying, limited details they, i
2: i understand this is an adult <laughs> room thank you kevin thank you elliot thank you everybody downstairs well pleasure to work with you pritch you as well Patrick. awesome always look forward to it odds on coming up next and then josh and pritch with betting across america this is the sports betting network
1: if you dare.